Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Finley's first throw, maybe. Nope, Will Anderson there, close to a safety. Another sack for number 31. Davis trying to post up. Schroeder calls his own number. Missed the layup. Tipped up. Davis with the rebound. Slams it home and sends it with his chest. When Carl Anthony Towns is at the five position, he's not going to defend that basket and be that last line of defense right. like Gobert. But he can do that. Yes. <laughs> Look, teams aren't used to running fast breaks. You know why? They weren't allowed to do it because guys would do take fouls. It is truly one of the, the biggest things that I miss as Trey Young dials it up from downtown as sticking their Every time they turned it over. Every time they turned it over in this game, they paid a price. It's a game that's only had three lead changes. None in the second half. Jimmy driving, contorting, wow. and scoring. What a shot by Butler coming across the lane, finding his balance. Alan Brown is first. Leonard got a three. His second three-pointer. They're tenth of the first half. Ten for 18 and is back up to 14. That buzzes when that timer goes off. That's how they know there's been a violation. And boy, Contreras slams the back down, making 11 strikeouts for Gallon. Good changeup. Great location out on the outside corner with some downward movement. One and two, the count. Fairbanks to the plate. Swinging a broken bat roller to second. Here comes Lau. The quick throw to first, and the winning streak has reached 10 in a row. The Rays have defeated the Boston Red Sox, and they're the seventh team in the modern era to start a season at 10 and 0. What a way to begin the year. Next one will be number 11. Scherzer are ready. Kim runs. Payoff pitch. Swung on and missed strike three. Got him with a high slider on pitch number 97 through five innings for Scherzer, who's allowed one hit. It came in the fifth, one left, and in the middle of the fifth inning, the Mets two, the Padres nothing. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome to the Tuesday, April 11th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7, the Cardinals, what's the level of urgency that they keep the third overall selection? The NBA play-in tournament, who you got tonight? The Suns, what's the biggest concern? What's their biggest concern regarding the Clippers uh, in this series that begins on Sunday? The Diamondbacks, what's impressed you the most? Also on the Diamond, what stood out on Monday? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15 or so around Major League Baseball with Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs. 
930. It'd be interactive action at 602-260-1060. And also some local roundup, including some Diamondbacks and uh, Brewers analysis from last night. And in the final segment of today's one-hour extravaganza, it'll be the national roundup topped by uh, a little from the scoreboard for Major League Baseball last night, and it'll get into the latest line for the NBA games tonight, tomorrow night, and the, the first-round matchups that we know about on Saturday and Sunday. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, rank your level of urgency that the Cardinals trade the third overall pick of the draft. And we've given you three options here, high, moderate, or low. Corey is here and has the updated returns. Right now, 100% is saying low on KDUS1060.com. The Cardinals reportedly received multiple offers for multiple teams. I'm guessing most of those teams seeking a quarterback, assuming that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are the first two selections in whatever order. If the Cardinals keep the pick, it's been widely assumed that they would actually select Alabama linebacker Will Anderson. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, which is the right side in tonight's Western Conference play-in game? The Lakers, minus 7.5, or we're using 8.5 now. Corey, what's the number we're using on the poll question? 8.5 right now. Okay. Lakers minus eight and a half for the Timberwolves plus eight and a half. And uh, what do we have there for early returns, Corey? Perfectly split 50 50. Lakers minus eight and a half. Timberwolves plus eight and a half on KDUSAM 1060 on Twitter. The Lakers enter with 10 wins in their last 13 games, while the Wolves are going to be without Rudy Gobert suspended, also without the injured Jade McDaniels, and they might be without the injured Nas Reed. Meanwhile, tonight in the Eastern Conference, the uh, the Heat are hosting the Hawks. Um, you know, that was uh, you know, basically uh, you know, that was uh, you know, basically the Hawks on Monday. There was is reported on Monday before the day before their first playoff game that they've been given the green light by manager, management slash ownership to trade the apparently offered, not really interested in uh, you know, on the floor in uh, Trey Young. Uh, not exactly always engaged. You would think he would be in the playoffs tonight, but who knows? So who you got tonight? The Heat minus four and a half or the Hawks plus four and a half. Meanwhile, on the local front, uh, the Suns don't begin their first round series against the Clippers until Sunday. If you missed it during Monday's show, the Clippers not expected to have the uh, injured Paul George at least early in the uh, series. Maybe not the entire series because of injury. What should the Suns be most concerned about facing the Clippers in the first round? Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks' hot start continued last night. Zach Gallen struck out 11 over seven scoreless innings, while the first-place Diamondbacks shut out the previously hot Brewers 3-0. What has impressed you the most during the Diamondbacks' 7-4 start to the season? Meanwhile, spanning the globe on the Diamond, the Rays became the first team since 1987 to start a season 10-0. Well, also on Monday, Max Scherzer out-pitched uh, the Padres' Hugh Darvish. What else stood out to you from Major League Baseball on Monday? Also, in addition to all these outstanding questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that is the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's one-hour extravaganza. 
Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's in the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey with a news update. That'll be followed by around Major League Baseball. We'll talk with Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs.com. And uh, among other things, we'll certainly talk about the new rules. What does Jay like? Maybe what doesn't he like? And then we'll get into just some random stuff and uh, things that have happened during the first uh, less than two weeks of the season. Started uh, season started two weeks ago Thursday and been pretty eventful. Uh, don't think there's any doubt about that. Seems to me more eventful than most first two weeks of this season. So we'll see what Jay thinks about that theory, too. Once again, bottom of the hour to be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. sports topics weekly right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me the Doug Gottlieb show 1 3 p.m. Welcome back to the sports zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7 your home to the Dan Patrick show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The 2023 MLB season, less than two weeks old, yet there are plenty of topics to discuss. Uh, out to the uh, KDUS hotline, we're now joined by Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs. And Jay, always good to talk to you. Let's start with the new rules. What do you like? And is there maybe something you're not crazy about regarding the new rules and the new uh, the way baseball is played? Um, you know, I'm really, I'm really liking the new pitch clock. I think uh, eliminating 20 to 30 minutes uh, off of the average game time is a step forward, uh, reducing a lot of that dead time. I, I don't really miss it very much, and uh, um, gives me a little bit of extra time to flip around and, and, and watch other games. And so that that's pretty cool. Um, I'm a little surprised at just how much uh, base running there is. This, the stolen bases with the new rules, uh, less so the the enlarged bags, which hey that's fine, uh, than the than the um, uh, limit on the number of pickoff throws you can make. Um, stolen bases are up about forty eight percent per game. I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around this, but I think I like it. Um, the shift rule uh, I'm a little more ambivalent about, but I guess it's okay. Um, I don't think we've seen huge payouts, but uh, batting average does seem high. Uh, I'm a little surprised at uh, how many home runs we've seen so far and do wonder if there's more mischief with the ball afoot right now. Yeah, the old ball, you know, there seems to be intrigue about the baseball every year, the actual baseball itself. So let's get into a couple of these things. You know, how long do you think it might take or will it take uh, a long time for pitchers, catchers, managers, pitching coaches, whoever, uh, all together probably at some point to maybe how to how they figure out the, to slow down the the huge increase in stolen bases? You know, I can see minds thinking, I can see guys like after games and clubhouses or maybe even a tavern somewhere 
we got to figure out how to slow this down. How long do you think that might ha- that might take, or will it uh, actually I, happen? I, I, I honestly don't know. I, you know, I do think that maybe two pickoffs, uh, the limit on two throws, uh, might be too too few. Um, but we'll see. There's going to be, you know, I think you really there's only so many ways you could you could choke that off. You got to get catchers who can throw more quickly. Um, you know, more pitch outs is a possibility, and that's kind of boring. Um, but uh, so I don't know. It's a it's a it's a it's a cat and mouse game. I think that they're you know, and I think some teams actually aren't even running enough right now. Um, you know, they could be taking better advantage of the rules. Um, you know, the stolen base percentages are going up. Um, you know, so teams are leaving uh, runs on the table by not running more often. Is the stolen base, is that what's had the biggest impact so far? Or you think there's maybe something else that uh, should be included in that sentence? Well, I do, I do wonder the extent to which the pitch clock is influencing pitcher outcomes. I mean, are, are guys being rushed, and is that, cause, is that causing problems with location and command uh, and stamina? Um, you know, I, I think there's going to be some, you know, some, you know, at the very least some small effect there, but I wonder... You know how much of, of what we're seeing with the home run would say the increase in home runs uh, owes to things like that. So, um, you know, I, I don't think we have those answers yet. Yeah, one thing I really hadn't even considered with the bigger bases is routine ground balls are seemingly no longer completely routine. So, is, is defense even more important than it's been in recent years? Well, I think. Yeah. You know, I think it. I think it is because obviously, you know, having having a, a rangier uh, middle infielder that can get across second base, um, you know, to cover for uh, you know balls that would have been um, gobbled up by the shift, I think is, is important. Um, you know, likewise for for keeping the the uh, the balls on the grass. We had the, um, uh, you know, we've we've uh, had our first uh, post shift. Uh, right field uh, uh, first base assist uh, yesterday. So, um, you know, having a, having a, a right fielder who can, uh, uh, who can come in and make that play very quickly is important as well. Yeah, and uh, right fielders usually have pretty good arms. So there you go. Yeah. Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs, currently in the sports zone. All right, the Diamondbacks. They're 7-4 and four after 11 games against the Dodgers, Padres, and Brewers so far. What's your view of the Diamondbacks, and has it actually changed some after the small sample of 11 games to start the season? Boy, they beat the snot out of the Dodgers, it seemed. Uh, they, uh, they, they certainly looked uh, uh, like a better team in, in, in this past series than they, than they did in the opening series. Um, I don't know what the Diamondbacks are getting by sending Madison Bumgarner out there every five days, though. Um, I wrote about him after his first start, and he just looks totally you know, lost or washed up. Um, I know they've got some pitching prospects uh, uh, that they're breaking in and more on the way, and I wonder if uh, they'd be better suited uh, moving those guys into the rotation and uh, uh, casting Bumgarner adrift because, you know, I know they're paying him the money, but uh, they're not getting anywhere with him right now. And uh, um, other than that, the the, uh, the speed of that outfield is, is pretty fascinating. Um, I like what I've seen from Corbin Carroll. Um, you know, I think that there's uh, – uh, they're a team. This is a team that can take advantage of the stolen bases. Looks, I'm looking right now. They're 17 out of 18 in steals, leading the National League. That's a nice little dimension to add. Um, you know, I think that they're uh, they're 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 a pretty solid team here. And I think 
um, in the in the new NL West where the Dodgers aren't dominant. Uh, um, you know, they could be, they could be a factor. All right, so let's get to the Dodgers. You mentioned that uh, they're not dominant so far. Reason for concern? They've had some slow starts before, and they've just gone. I remember what the one year where they they won. I think they won like thirty nine of forty games or forty five games, and then turned it around. But yeah, you know, reason for concern or no big deal with the Dodgers and their so called slow start here. Yeah, I think it's a reason for concern. Their their starting pitching has been thinned out, uh, both first by choice and then by injuries. I mean, they let a lot of really good players walk this past winter and didn't replace them with. Uh, um, you know, with, with, with comparable players. They're relying on, um, you know, filling the gaps from within and, you know, losing Gavin Lux to a, to a torn ACL. And, um, you know, now their they're, they're back-end starting pitching options uh, from within are thinning out. Um, and uh, uh, that bullpen looks shaky. I, this is just not a great Dodgers team right now, and I don't, I don't expect them to go on any kind of 39-6 and six or whatever run. Uh, to to suddenly rise to the top of the division, um, you know they're depending a lot on reclamation projects like Jason Hayward and Trace Thompson in the outfield. James Altman, the rookie, has looked pretty good. Uh, David Peralta, uh, obviously a player you guys know a lot about, uh, not so good so far. Um, and you know they've got their stars, um, you know like uh, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and and, and uh, Will Smith that are going to keep them afloat. But uh, this is not as deep a lineup as it used to be. And, uh, you know, it's not like the, the cavalry is coming uh, immediately. Okay, on to the Rays we go. They're off to the best start of any team since 1987. How much is this the Rays are good, and how much is it the fact that they played Detroit, Washington, and Oakland the first nine games? I think that, you know, you can't overlook the opponents. But, you know, run differential tells us so much. And uh, their run differential is beyond anything we've seen uh, since the start of the 20th century at this juncture. Um, you know, you could beat teams, but beating this badly is, is, is the mark of a really good team. And this is, a, I think, a more powerful raised team than we've seen in the, pa- in the past. Uh, they lead the majors with, with 25 home runs, and they've only allowed four. Um, this is a stronger rotation than, than I think they've had in quite some time. Um, uh, very lefty heavy with Jeff, with Jeffrey Springs and uh, uh, Shane McClanahan, uh, both eating up a lot of innings. And uh, uh, so far, I'm very impressed. Wander Franco, uh, his fly ball rate is up. Uh, I know oh, he's, he's hit, young. He, go yeah, ahead. he's hitting the ball with a lot more authority right now. And I think you know, at 22, this is this is a really big step forward for him. Um, you know, already. He just played his 162nd game in the major leagues the other day and uh, has been a five-and-a-half win player so far, broken up over parts of three seasons there with a big injury last year. Um, but, uh, yeah, he looks like the real deal and, and showing more power. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, going to be one of the best. Another big story last week was the Cardinals' disagreement between Ollie Marmol and also Tyler O'Neill. Should Marmol have been public and called out O'Neill uh, for not playing the Cardinal way? You know, I just, I yeah, I disagreed with that with with that, with that approach. I you know I've I look I watched that video several times. I, I mean, you know, Tyler O'Neill wasn't as fast as usual. I don't think that's something you air somebody out about. Um, it didn't look like he made him like a, you know a grievous error. It didn't look like he wasn't running hard. He just you know I don't maybe there's something physical going on. Maybe he just didn't get a good as good a read. Or is going to jump, 
to me, I, you know, I, I, I can't stand managers who air their players out like that and, and try to make a show of authority. I, I do wonder, um, you know, if, if, if there's bigger trouble afoot there in, in that Cardinals clubhouse and he needed to do something to, uh, you know, try to re- regain some, some, uh, some respect. They're three and seven, so, um, you know, it, this, feels like, uh, uh, this feels like the first few drops of blood in the water. I was going to ask something similar to that. You know, is this maybe a sign that there might be some issues? I mean, these you know, these things can split a team somewhat uh, yeah. in some cases. Uh, I don't have so any is inside that a, inform- Yeah, I don't have any ahead. inside information, but it, but it it is you know it is a red flag when when something like this happens, especially you know losing losing ball clubs tend to air players out in public a lot more than winning ball clubs. Let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> that is usually the case. You're right. Okay, we're talking with Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs. Okay, I got some random stuff. Let's start with Max Scherzer. Two not so great starts, and then last night five shutout innings, but 90 plus pitches to get through those five innings against the Padres. How do you look at Max through three starts now? Yeah, I'd be a little concerned. It hasn't been great. Walk rates up really. Seven blocks in 16 and a third innings. Um, that that to me is uh, something I'm a little nervous about. Also, the the home runs, four home runs allowed so far. But yes, uh, you know, pulling it together against a strong Padres lineup uh, is 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 a step forward. There's a lot of pressure on him right now. There's a lot of pressure on all the all the Mets starters with Justin Verlander and Jose Quintana out. Um, uh, you know, Scherzer's 38. I, I don't think he can be depended on. Uh, to make you know 30 starts at, at, at a Cy Young caliber right now, um, you know I, I do wonder if there's something physically wrong. You know he's he's gutting it out while everybody else is down, and we'll hear more about it. But uh, uh, it's just wait and see. Okay, I'm really going random on this next one. Sonny Gray now with the Twins. He's been teasing people for years, myself included. Uh, he was a strikeout machine over the weekend against the Astros. Do we believe in Sonny Gray? You know the talent is the talent is there. I mean, the people have thought that the talent was there for a while. Um, staying on the field has been a problem for him. And this is a guy who you know was recently as 2019 was an All Star and struck out over 200 hitters. Um, but uh, you know he made 26 starts in 2021 and 24 last year, and you know he's had good numbers, not great numbers, but uh, there's promise there. So. Um, you know, if he puts it all together, I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, so far, that Twins rotation looks a lot stronger than anybody thought. Um, that's one that's kind of on my short list of uh, 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 coverage upcoming here. Okay, we'll look forward to that. Um, obviously, also in the last few days here, are the Pirates losing O'Neill Cruz reportedly until August with a broken leg. How much will baseball miss his skill set? Oh, he's you know he's a lot of fun. I mean that just that that kind of first of all you don't see six seven six foot seven shortstops. Um, that bat speed's pretty rare. It's like an Aaron Judge version of a shortstop, although uh, much more raw, uh, much more of a work in progress. But uh, still, uh, really impressive young player. And the Pirates are off to uh, a surprisingly solid start at six and four. Um, maybe there's. A little bit of hope for them, at least in turning the corner from being just a totally miserable operation. I don't know. Um, Dan, my, uh, my colleague Dan Zimborski wrote about uh, the the Cruz injury at uh, um, uh, at Fangraphs. I think the good news is this isn't a season ender. 
uh, at least not yet. I thought it was potentially a season ender when I first saw the clip, and uh, um, you know, it's uh, uh, we're going to miss him though. My biggest concern about him is, you know, you mentioned six seven, and you know, you know, I know there's no quote collisions at second base anymore, but there's still wear and tear to play shortstop. And I oh, wonder yeah. how long he can survive that, being a big guy like he is. Yeah, I think, you know, long term, I don't know that he's a shortstop forever. Um, if he can hit that, you know, if he can hit that, uh, uh, that bat will play uh, just about anywhere, though. You know, if he's a first baseman or, or a center fielder or, or whatever. But <clears throat> for the moment, it makes sense to, to challenge him and to see whether he can play shortstop. And, and hopefully... Um, he gets back out there and uh, gets the reps that he needs to, to show he can do it. Speaking of shortstops, uh, Anthony Volpe of the Yankees hitting 129. They have other shortstop options. How long can they stick with him if he can turn, can, uh, continues to struggle at the plate like this? Um, you know, I think they're going to give him a few more weeks here. I mean, he's he hasn't looked overwhelmed. He's You know, he's walking almost 14% of the time. Uh, he has not hit the ball very hard. I think that's you know more concerned about. It. The question is, you know, what's this doing to his psyche? Um, he seems like he's on an even keel, but uh, um, you know, you can only struggle for so long before the, before they'll start to do something about it. I think they'll give him more than just uh, um, you know just another week here. But uh, um, I know that um, uh, Oswaldo Peraza is nursing an injury down at AAA. Uh, so yeah. that may be part of the equation as well. Um, you know, we may see Volpe uh, sitting occasionally for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa uh, here and there. Um, you know, to to get him back on, you know, to get him back, uh, give him the, uh, the occasional mental rest here. But uh, um, I still think it's you know it, it's early for the Yankees to push the panic button. Um, they obviously believe in this guy, or they wouldn't have had him in their opening day lineup uh, after just 22 games in AAA. But uh, um, you know they're going to have to uh, uh, grin and bear it for a bit here, and you know because I think that uh, sending him down this quickly uh, after his struggles could could create uh, uh, you know bigger problems down the road for him. The ESPN Sunday Night Crew before and during the Braves and Padres game talked about Shohei Otani maybe signing with the Padres next off season. Uh, before I heard that, pretty much all I'd heard about Otani was going to the Dodgers. So what have you heard about Otani's future? Well, we also hear about the Mets as well. Um, you know, the way that the Mets and the Padres are spending money, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be a total surprise, but I, I still have a hard time seeing how, um, if you're the Padres and you've already got uh, you know, three guys at $280 million or more on the payroll, you're going to fit one that's going to come in at, like, you know, probably $500 million. Um you know, if not more, it's just uh, you're going to have to move somebody at that point um, to sustain that that kind of payroll. But uh, I think it's anybody's guess what's going to happen here right now. And um, you know, we're all just we're all just uh, spitballing in, in terms of the places he could go. Um, I think uh, particularly uh, the Dodgers could be very motivated, uh, you know, to keep him in California, you know, to keep him in their part of California after. Uh, uh, cleaning up their payroll this past winter, they've got you know they, they're they're much more set up to take on uh, uh, another big salary than than the Padres are or, or even the Mets. Speaking of Otani, how much of the World Baseball Classic and the drama and you know, everything going on there build momentum for the start of this MLB season? 
Uh, you know, I think it was a great advertisement for baseball and a great advertisement for Otani, and, and uh, I had so much fun watching it. Didn't get to cover it uh, to the, to, uh, very much here. I, I, I would like to have, but we had uh, some folks on site, and uh, we kept them uh, uh, at the forefront of our coverage. But, uh, you know, and it, you get down to the final the final batter, and it's Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout. That's an all-timer, um, and, and just so much drama. And uh, Otani has uh, hasn't missed a beat here. He's hitting well. He's pitching well. Uh, Mike Trout's hitting well. I mean, it all just you know. Unfortunately, we got a couple injuries that you know, like the the Edwin Diaz knee injury that uh, uh, have left a bad taste in some people's mouths. But uh, to me, I think the, the World Baseball Classic was a massive success, and uh, um, you know, really uh, holds a lot of promise going forward as a marquee event. Yeah, those injuries you mentioned, obviously Altuve getting hit too, but those things happen yeah. in spring training. It was kind of a, sure. I thought that was kind of a cheap shot to the World Baseball Classic. I I agree, but you know you're you're never going to get uh, a disgruntled Mets fan to agree with you on that. <laughs> Believe me, I'm, I, I I have uh, more than a few of them in my ear. Uh, a disgruntled Mets fan is kind of redundant, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there any other kind of Mets fan? I don't think so. Not right now. Okay, Jay, we appreciate it as always. We'll be talking throughout the season. Thanks. Always appreciate it. Yep, sounds great, Bob. Look forward to talking to you again. Take care. All right. Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs. Excellent stuff, as always, from Jay. All right, next segment is phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. Also get to some local roundup. We'll include some Diamondbacks from last night. Get into a little Suns, little Cardinals. Uh, we mentioned uh, the poll question, uh, what's your level of urgency uh, regarding the Cardinals with the third pick of the draft? How much urgency is there? Should they trade that pick? What should they do? And certainly not the first time we're going to address this topic. And we'll get to a little bottom line for the pipeline questions in the next segment also. But mainly, if you want to get in, we got time and we got room. Phone calls, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, if you want to get in, we got time and room 602 260 1060. In the meantime, uh, we'll get to your phone calls here shortly and also uh, we'll get to some local roundup. First up, a uh, quick repeat of today's pipeline, and uh, we'll throw in some uh, you know, bottom line answers here since there's no you know extra point today. Then we start with the poll questions, the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Rank your level of urgency that the Cardinals trade the third overall pick of the draft, high, moderate, or low, would be your alternatives. And to me, I think this should be the answer should be high. The bottom line is the Cardinals have the most – Really, they have to trade. I think they must trade the first pick and acquire multiple draft picks in return. Uh, There's not one player in that third pick of the draft, Will Anderson or anybody else, that's going to turn around this franchise. They need players, and uh, I'm sure this will not be the first time we address this topic in this month. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, which is the right side in tonight's Western Conference playing game? The Lakers minus 8.5 for the Timberwolves, plus 8.5. And, a half. and uh, in addition to that, there's the Eastern Conference tonight. Who you got tonight in that game? The Heat minus 4.5 for the Hawks, plus 4.5. And, 
And I have no personal interest in betting these two games tonight. I think the two favorites seem most likely to win straight up, but I'm not comfortable laying points, especially with the Heat, who I don't know if they set a record for games decided by five points or less, but it seems like every game they play is like five points or less during the regular season. Uh, we'll see if that continues tonight, but I would expect the Lakers against the shorthanded Wolves to move on or to win tonight. And I expect the, certainly the Heat to do uh, likewise. And as a basketball fan, I'm really rooting for the Heat tonight. And I don't usually, I, I usually have some, if I don't have a financial motive, I sometimes have alternate motives. I want to see the Heat in the playoffs against, you know, the Celtics or whomever moving forward. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see the Hawks play. I've seen, you know, I haven't seen much of the Hawks. I've seen too much of the Hawks. Not enough is too much. Meanwhile, also, what should the Suns be most concerned about regarding the Clippers in the first round of the playoffs? The series begins on Sunday. I think they should actually be most concerned that uh, Kawhi Leonard becomes the most dominant player in the series. I mean, he's physically capable of that. He's had a really good stretch to end the year. Obviously, Paul George out. We'll have a little more on that in a moment. The Diamondbacks, what's impressed you the most about the 7-4 uh, start to the season? I think the start, hot start is really surprising because it's really until last night it has come with uh, out good starting pitching. Uh, Zach Gallon dominant last night. More on that also in a couple of moments. And uh, spanning the globe, anything else that stood out to you uh, since our last show, whether it be from Major League Baseball last night, or uh, anything else uh, in the news world as far as sports goes, uh, 602-260-1060. All right, on to a little local roundup. The Diamondbacks atop the National League West. Zach Gallen struck out 11 over seven innings. Christian Walker smacked two-run homer. And the Diamondbacks won a fourth consecutive game. This time they beat the Brewers 3-0. Gallen last night, three hits and a walk uh, while striking out uh, you know, 11 in those seven innings of play or on the mound. Uh, now for the game, uh, the Brewers actually struck out 15 times and finished with just three hits. None of those hits were extra base hits last night, so they did a really good job of uh, preventing danger. And uh, the, with the rested bullpen, I think it was most noteworthy to me that Torrey Lovello might, might have unveiled his preferred eighth and ninth inning plan. Uh, Scott McGuff pitched a perfect eighth inning with a strikeout. Andrew Chafin struck out the side in the ninth to get his second save of the season. Personnel news. The Diamondbacks have changed their starting pitchers on Wednesday and Friday. Madison Bumgarner will not pitch the Wednesday afternoon game against the Brewers. That ends the series and the homestand. Instead, Baumgarner will be moved back and has been moved back to the Friday series opener on the road against the offensively inept Marlins. Would seem to be a better matchup for him. Would seem to be a better matchup for almost anybody if you're facing the Marlins. Instead, pitching on Wednesday will be rookie Dre Jamison. He's taking the spot of the injured Zach Davies in the starting rotation. Tonight, it's Merrill Kelly, who so far is 0-1 with a 3.86 earned run average against the struggling Corbin Burns. Burns won the Cy Young Award a couple of years ago. Did not finish last season on a high note. As I mentioned a couple of times already, uh, late, late last week and early this week, uh, he, the last 10, so, 10 or so starts last year, not great. And uh, certainly the first couple of starts this year, not great. Zero and one with a 964 run average 
so far this season. So the Diamondbacks uh, in first place in the uh, West. They are seven and four. The Dodgers beat the uh, Giants last night uh, with uh, you know really perf- a terrific performance from Julio Urias. They win at San Francisco. So the Dodgers in San Diego, which lost last night to Max Scherzer. The Dodgers in San Diego sitting at six and five. Colorado is five and six. And the Giants are now four and six in the season, and uh, they're currently in last place in the division. Meanwhile, the Suns are hefty minus 450 favorites to advance uh, past this round against the expected uh, to be shorthanded Clippers. The Clippers not at full strength for at least uh, the first part of the series and maybe the entire first round. Paul George has been out since March the 23rd with a right knee sprain, according to the athletic Sham Sharania. Uh, George expected to be uh, sidelined to begin the Sun series, and the uh, Clippers have the mindset they'll need to advance to get him back in the lineup. So they need to get past this series. So that sounds like he's, they don't think that he's going to play. At least uh, you know the Athletic Sham Sharania doesn't think that. He's having. By the way, George is having an excellent season, uh, averaging 23.8 points, 6.1 rebounds, 5.1 assists, and 1.5 steals per game. Now, we don't know the time for the Sunday game. Uh, that depends on what happens in the, the, the play-in round here. And we actually, uh, at least at last look, which was within the last hour, they really haven't said when the second game of this series is going to be. Um, I assume they're waiting. Uh, you know, the television executives are waiting to uh, you know, see who emerges from uh, this week's play-in round. And then they'll figure out the television schedule on the series, uh, remaining series for other teams starting next week. Meanwhile, back to the Cardinals for a second. They've received multiple offers for the uh, third pick of the draft, as we mentioned during the pipeline. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a number you know, they, they should get more. The closer we get to the draft, the more offers they should actually get. CBSSports.com offered a list of teams most likely that have been calling the Cardinals. They talked about the Colts at number four, the Seahawks at number five, the Lions at number six, the Ravens at number seven, Texans at number 11, uh, excuse me, the Titans at number 11, and the Texans at number 12. Uh, also, there have been reports that the Patriots and the Falcons have also inquired uh, as far as uh, the Diamond, the, uh, the, uh, the Cardinals' uh, you know, third overall pick, so we'll see what happens with that. And by the way, Cliff Kingsbury has a new job. He's been hired as an offensive coach uh, for as an offensive assistant at USC, uh, which are you know that's now coached by his former Big 12 rival and uh, and uh, somebody that he used to refer to quite a bit when he was a Cardinals coach, uh, Lincoln Riley. Uh, I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure they're buddies uh, and they certainly have a similar offensive philosophy. No doubt about that. So Kingsbury lands at USC as uh, the quarterback's coach. That's not a bad gig. You got Caleb Williams as your quarterback. <laughs> so that'll work. Uh, so an offensive assistant, I've seen two different things in the last 24 hours as to exactly what he's going to do. But you know, certainly if you're going to hire Kingsbury, it has something to do with your offense. All right, coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular radio program. Well, the National Roundup, that'll be topped by... You're the latest line for tonight's NBA, NBA, the NBA play-in games for tonight. And uh, we'll get to as much more as we humanly can in the next segment. A little back, a little baseball from last night, and then we'll get to 
some latest line information. You are listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7. Segment today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever slipped through the cracks, which today I think was pretty much nothing. <laughs> also, our guest today, Round Major League Baseball with Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs. Check out Jay's work at Fangraphs.com. Also, got a sound of the day courtesy of uh, CBS, ESPN, Fox Sports, Valley Sports Arizona, Valley Sports Sun. Also, WDAE and WCBS uh, 880 in New York City. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. All right, a little baseball from last night. I mentioned in the pipeline, Matt uh, Max Scherzer replayed, uh, outpitching you Darvish last night. Scherzer shut out San Diego for five innings. Jeff McNeil and Francisco Lindor each had two-run doubles as the Mutts uh, beat you, Darvish. That's the first time they've ever beaten you, Darvish. So that was last night in New York. Meanwhile, Queens, to be more specific, uh, one of baseball's best pitchers last night, by the way, was clobbered last night, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, one of the worst outings. He's had 133 career starts. Last night he allowed nine runs. In the Phillies' 15-3 victory, as it turned out. Now, he won the Cy Young Award last year, Alcantara, but he struggled against the Phillies. Uh, last year, he went 1-3 against them, and he's now had, uh, you know, the Phillies, amazingly, have won uh, eight of their last ten starts against Alcantara. So we'll see what happens going forward with that. Meanwhile, the Guardians uh, beat the Yankees. Uh, Shane Bieber, Bieber excuse me, had a terrible first inning. Managed to only give up two runs, however, and then was really tremendous after that uh, as the uh, as the uh, Guardians win the game 3-2 against the Yankees. First of their series, a rematch of last year's ALDS. And uh, he had retired uh, 17 out of 18 in one stretch after that shaky first inning. All right, NBA playoffs. Let's get to the Suns line for the game one on Sunday. The Suns a seven-point favorite against the Clippers. Uh, that game opened seven, still sitting at seven pretty much everywhere worldwide. The total opened at 229, down to 227 and a half at this point. Games for tonight and tomorrow night, the play-in round. Tonight, Atlanta at Miami. And Miami now up to a five-point favorite in this game. They were five and a half. They actually... They were open five and a half. I saw as low as four and a half. There are still some four and a halfs in the state of Nevada, in fact, but consensus number seems to be five worldwide right now. Total 228 in that game. Second part of the uh, doubleheader on TNT tonight, Minnesota against the Lakers. The Lakers open five and a half, and then we've had a lot of things happen with the Timberwolves, obviously the Gobert injury, the McDaniels injury. All playing roles here. So this game has gone from the opening number of 5.5 up to 8.5 in most locations worldwide. Total open 232.5 down to 231.5. Tomorrow night, the doubleheader play-in game is on ESPN tomorrow night. Chicago against Toronto. Toronto open a 4.5 point favorite. They're up to 5. 
total sitting at 214 and a half in that game. Meanwhile, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder at New Orleans against the Pelicans. The uh, Pelicans opened five and a half down to five. I agree with this line move. Uh, the you know, Oklahoma City is a team to look for uh, in this, at least in this game. So uh, you know, I'm guessing that uh, you know, certainly I'm going to be picking them. I'm not positive I'm going to be wagering on them, and hopefully my voice can last for the last two minutes of the show here. And uh, so that's tomorrow night's doubleheader. Quickly, the games that we know about for this upcoming weekend, uh, the series that have already been determined. Uh, Brooklyn, that the, turn, the, the series haven't been determined, but the opponents have been. Brooklyn against Philadelphia. Philadelphia an eight-point favorite. Cleveland uh, hosting New York in game one of their series. Cleveland a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Knicks. And then Sacramento, a one-point home favorite against Golden State. The battle of uh, Northern California there in the first round of the postseason. All right, that's it for today's Sports Zone. This has been the Bob Kemp. Uh, this has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. That's me. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow for a full Sports Zone from 9 to 10, and the Extra Point hosted by Kayla returns from 10 to noon.